Building a successful business in only three years' time might seem impossible, but that's exactly what Corina Raipien managed to do with her consultancy company, Pascon. With over 20 years of experience in banking and consulting, Corina is a well-known entrepreneur in Germany. Pascon is a consulting firm that specializes in financial services in Europe, Asia, and the US with over 150 employees. For Corinna, it's key to do what she does best, and that's why she outsources nearly everything that isn't part of her core business, from admin to taxes, so that she can focus on what matters the most. With an impressive 30,000 followers on Instagram, Corinna effectively built a company that never sleeps. She lets us in on her secrets for scaling a business, which is also the topic of her recent book, How Success Works. We talked about what it's like running such a fast-growing international enterprise, putting your clients first, and empowering female entrepreneurs. Enjoy! I was really fascinated by it. It always happened. Is um, people finally technology did something? Wondering what would be the single most valuable piece of advice you'd give us? Because we found what we loved to do, and we met people with passion can change the world for the better. That's what we believe. Hello everyone, this is another episode of Speak Like a CEO, the podcast where we look into the secrets and pitfalls of CEO communications. My name is Oliver Aust, I'm the CEO and founder of EUPSA Communications and I'm here with my co-host Lena Carson. Hi Lena. Hello, how's it going? Very well. Today we're speaking with Karuna Ribshin, who is the CEO and founder of the international consulting firm Pascon. Quite impressively, she's built it up in, over three, in just three years to 150 employees. She describes herself as a female entrepreneur by passion. With over 20 years experience in the banking and consulting sector, she's a frequent keynote speaker, as well as a coach, supervisory board member and author. Speaking up on issues like entrepreneurship, following your vision and combining work and personal life, she has an impressive 31,000 followers on Instagram as well. Hi, Karina. Yes. Hi, Hi Karina. <laughs> Hi. If we may, uh, we'd love to ask you some rapid fire questions. Coffee or tea? Tea. Do you work better early in the morning or late at night? Early in the morning. Who's your biggest inspiration? My parents. What's the most used app on your phone? WhatsApp. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Uh, and one thing on your bucket list? A word trap. Great. That sounds fun. So I'd love to go back to the fact that in just three years, you've built up your company to 150 employees. That's quite a feat. Can you tell us a little bit about Pascon's story? Yes, so it's a very amazing story. So we built up in less than three years a company with 150 employees. Um, but it takes a long way. So it's not that I graduated from school, from university, and then do the business. No, I started my career at the very beginning in a German Sparkasse, a local bank, as an yeah, bank clerk, as a bank clerk there I worked, and but I get all um, the skills I need now also for my clients because um, sales, I do since 20 years sales, um, so there I, I also, I learned the basics and then I um, jumped into the real world, so real world with um, global commerce banks then jumped to PwC in the consulting area and this took me around yeah, nearly 20 years before I came to the point, now it's the right way to get self-employed. 
So I have my clients. I know exactly the market I'm in. I, I know my competitors. I, I know exactly the niche where I want to go in and also the countries I would like to work. We started 2016 with my co-founder, Oliver von Schwein. It's PassCon. Um, started with only with three people, but then it grows, it grows, it grows because we find a very um, special um, niche in the consulting um, space what nearly nobody wants to do because it's regulatory and innovation. So regulatory, it's not so fancy when you talk about digital things. So now we talk about regulatory, clear regulations. We're talking about anti-financial crime. So most people say, no, I don't want this. And we said, yes, we are going for this. And also we are starting... Um, with our um, countries, with uh, Scandinavia, for example, um, because I had a lot of experience there and the people are far away from, from Germany because Germany is at every time a little bit behind in digitalization and uh, so in all the trends in the digital market and also on regulatory side, so other countries are um, far ahead. So obviously the niche you found there, yes. um, that, that's obviously working really, really well, but yes. still a big step from figuring out there's a niche in the market and there's demand to yeah. having 150 people in eight countries in yes. such a short period of time. Yes. So how, how did you scale the business that fast? I'm a client person, so my clients always are on the first place. So clients first everything else I put behind it. And then my clients asked me, Corina, I'm not only in Scandinavia, I'm in New York. We want that you want to support us in the US. I said, wow, in US. And all the people told me that, Corina, to go to US with your company, um, you, you will not make it because all the barriers and everything. I said, let's try. So and then we stepped, so we tried, or I tried it, and um, get all the visas in place, get people there also in the U.S. local market. Yeah, so I trust only in myself and my intuition. So everyone else said, no, this will not work. And I said, ah, it works. So And this is because my clients asked me to follow them. The next step was they asked me to follow to Singapore. I said, oh, next challenge. So Singapore, <laughs> New York and Singapore. And this is uh, where it becomes very interesting. And the same... We get this one-stop shop, so they take care of the foundation, they take care of our taxes, our, our accounting, and everything works. Now we are also in Singapore. And this is how I build it. And because when you um, focus on, on your business and I outsource everything else regarding foundation, tax, and accounting, and this is very good to focus on your business and let the experts do their stuff. So our client likes us that we follow them wherever they are in the world. I think you really hit the nail on the head there saying client first is the way to go. Yes. Um, and that's, I guess, an approach that everyone likes to think that they're doing, but maybe is not always doing. What are some of your advice for always making sure the client comes first and becoming the priority in business? Yes. Yeah, so really um, listen to your clients. So when I'm with my clients, my clients are talking 80% and I'm 20%. And then listen to your clients and act. So with my former companies, they're doing strategies, and it takes very, very long. And I said to my clients, when you say in two weeks you need to be in U.S., then we will support you in two weeks in U.S. So this is a big difference. So I said I would do it and not doing strategies, and so only 10 to 20% strategies, and then do it. Obviously, then, I mean, moving to other countries and setting yes. up shop in other countries, especially like Asia and America, uh, comes with a lot of communications challenges. So I suppose yes. you have to do a lot of convincing in the local market, hire local employees. Mm -hmm. How did you approach those communications challenges? Because the, the environment yeah. and the, the style is obviously yeah. different from, from Germany and Europe. Yeah, it's, it's very different. In the beginning, I tried by myself. 
yeah and there also I failed sometimes because also some cultural changes and also and because we are working with our clients at the client places so that means we don't have huge centers for our offices uh, we are not at the same place that means it's a huge challenge and therefore I decided then to hire Kao, she's specialist in communication and so that one people focus really on internal and external communications. Um, she knows exactly what the people needs on a communication basis or so what level of communication we need to, to take care and also the, the different styles for the, our my Asian guys it's another communication than my, than my US guys, Germany also different so and this is um, why I decided um, to hire one specialist in this area. So the team is remote correct in general um, but you have I guess like a centralized communications team to make sure that everyone within the company yes. gets the same messages, the the same information at all times. Yes, so we have a clear communication plan. For example, we have um, we have special um, country calls so every week. So for Germany, for US, for Poland, we have once a month a global call, and then some different um, layers of communication with my managers. Global, but um, everything is in the hand of Carol, so that she can scale it a little bit. And uh, you mentioned that in the beginning there were some learnings or some failures yeah. when you moved into all these other markets. So could, could you elaborate or give us an example? Because there might be some, some interesting learnings for our audience there as well. Yes, so, so learnings from the markets, yeah, what I said, outsource everything where you are not an expert in, especially all the taxes, the accounting. Um, this is something when you are not familiar with this in other countries, Mm-hmm. outsources. And yeah. on the communication side? Ah, on the communication mm-hmm. side. So I have a di- very direct communication and this works not in US so and also not in Germany. So that means people quit because they don't like my communication style. Um, and, and this is this is my, my this was my fault. So I say, okay, so they don't like it, so they change um, their mind and would like to do another job. And then I say, okay, good. Then um, I don't have time for communication. So because I need to take care of my clients and need to steer a, 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 a company with 150 people. So this is why I decided mm-hmm. to get um, in touch with this. You say you don't have time for communications, um, but as I mentioned just before, you have a huge following on Instagram and other social media platforms, and I think you take this quite seriously in terms of presenting who you are, what the company does, what you stand for. Why did you decide that this was such an important channel for you and for Pascal? Yeah. So, yes, and what I mean with communication is internal communication. So when I focus on client, because that's nearly okay, a full-time sure. job, mm-hmm. and I'm so the person um, that's focusing on clients, and also through Instagram, I also get clients. So this is, this is uh, what is very, yeah, why I'm focusing on, on Instagram, for example. It's because I realized that also my clients are on Instagram. This was, for me, a very new information so that I, I find my clients on Instagram following me and that we get a lot of very good feedback on our um, communication channel on, on the external channel. How did you realize that your clients were on Instagram? Because I think lots of people right now are having lots of difficulties with Instagram and working out is it worth spending time there or including <laughs> it in the sales because, funnel? Because they are following following me or following my Instagram stories. Okay. Mm. And how did you get to over 30,000 followers on Instagram? It's quite a, an awesome, very short period. Yeah, of time. yeah. No, short periods is <clears throat> also in three years. Three yeah. years and a lot of advertising there and everything. Yeah. So, like in terms of personal branding. Yes, um, personal branding. Okay. Yeah. What do you think is like the most important thing 
to think about when you're deciding um, like what you're going to post on Instagram or LinkedIn, for example? So I connect with my communication um, expert, with Caro, and then decide what we are planning to communicate. So in terms of, of course, personal, I need to think what would I like to communicate because it's not only the nice side. So we get a lot of haters or I get a lot of haters also in the internet or also um, against me and my family. So I need to be very careful what I'm going to post and on the other hand I would like to share life of my of a CEO so what it's really about so what's really about um, women and to be woman entrepreneur to go around the world because this is something you can um, read a lot of in, in books but this is what nobody shows you so what is the real life as a CEO what is the real life of an um, entrepreneur and what is the real life I mean com compared to the, <laughs> yes. you know, the cliche or the, you know the, the, yeah. the image people have in their minds what yeah. would you say the main difference so I think the main difference is yes that they are seeing and also my guys uh, saying yes we are flying around and um, see a lot of from the countries and the real life is that it's very hard work so I nearly work six days a week so at least from the morning until midnight and then having not only um, big conferences or meeting in place I have a lot of with this tech stuff on my whole so the whole admin things um, are also sometimes on my shoulder so it's a lot of other stuff as what you think it is about and also when it's it, it looks like it's very nice to be in new york um yes it is but for example next week i'm for one day in new york and next week so only for eight hours so this is this could be very stressful and this is in the real life uh, what is not shown so much in uh, in the internet for sure yeah and, and but what drives you I mean you said 16 hour days six six days a week yeah. which is not uncommon for, for entrepreneurs who scale a business what, what, what's your driving force um, I love my job I love my job and I love to be um, with my clients with my teams I love to be international and uh, yes I do a lot of things different from my former jobs um, but I, I can see um, that I make the difference the people love it the client loves it and yeah so for me it's not really work um, yes of course sometimes it's very um, it's very difficult but I love the job I want to make the difference and have the freedom so I don't need to report anymore to some other stakeholders because everything is founded by our own I don't have investors in my company so nothing so wow. so it's free so it's free we can decide uh, with, with our past council what to do so there is no investor nobody um, say you need to do this this and that and this is a very big advantage in my, in my I love that you said that you love your job I think that's yeah. the best response <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and clearly you do because you're writing a book I guess yes. about your journey yes can you tell us a little bit about it Yes, so I write a book about my journey because when I started with PassCon, so I tried to get information, what to do, how to do it, and had so many struggles with, uh, with IT, with finding the right people, and of course with the German tech system and everything. And I haven't found all the answers. And also when it becomes that you are a woman and everyone is saying to you, yes, it doesn't work. I go with my intuition and then it works. So... A lot of things I would like to describe now to tell um, the people, other founders, um, entrepreneurs, um, will help them what are the really secrets of scaling up it to international company with 150 people. What's the process, though, in terms of how you write the book? 
The process was I said I need to write it down and then I started writing and a lot of topics coming to my mind from um, employees, from the Aussie. So when I, we had three years PassCon now and I said, oh, how have we started? What was the first year? What is the second year? And now the third year. So I write it down. Simply write it down. Yeah. And how, where do you find the time? Is it on the plane to New yes. York? Or is, is that where it, it's not a five Finally, to six o'clock in the morning? Plane trips no, it's exactly this way. When yeah. I'm in the plane, so for yeah. a lot of people, it's stress. When they are going to the plane to New York, it's eight hours. But over the clouds... I'm typing, perfect, I'm working, yeah. it's perfect, perfect <laughs> feeling. And also, for example, when I go to New York, I'm often over the weekends there. So, and then sitting in the Central Park and, and writing down. So this is the perfect environment for me. I'm not the really office person sitting down on my chair and then writing down. No, my, my best place is over the clouds. It seems quite Wonderful. therapeutic, actually. You know, yes. no internet, no distractions. Mm -hmm. It must be... Yeah, a good way, I guess, to get some clarity about what you've done in such a short amount of time. Yes. Mm -hmm. And what's the book called and where can people find it? Um, the book is called How Success Works and they can find it on our um, LinkedIn page, um, Instagram page, via Amazon. Yeah. Can you maybe share with us an anecdote or a favorite part of the book for you? Yes, it's um, the, the part of work-life balance because this is very challenging because I'm mother of two kids, three and 11 years. And when I, when I founded PassCon, yeah, I have a baby at home. So that means a lot of challenges also at home with a baby, with a company setting up and everything. So it's all about so how you how you manage everything. So and I have my personal trainer, Ziggy Spalek, and I have him since years. And he guided me through the whole process of my career and makes me physical and um, psychological stable so that I'm in a stable environment and... Every day is different, but I have stable routines. So, for example, I have 20-minute workouts. I'm with him over the phone. When you are between yeah, train station, airport, so all the shitty food. So, and to, to make your job um, perfect, a whole, yeah, a whole series of, of years. So it's very important that you stay healthy. And so That's super that. interesting. Yeah. Do you think that physical fitness has a big impact on how well you can perform your job? Yes. Yeah. And the same with the mental fitness yes, as well. Both. So otherwise yeah. you get, yeah. yeah. So this is also why a lot of managers has burnout and everything. So, mm -hmm. and this is one of my key so that I have um, something in the background for us. And he's also doing for us the company fitness, for okay. example. Um, so this is one of the key uh, of my success. What's company fitness? <laughs> <laughs> company fitness. So um, company fitness, that it's not only me traveling a lot. It's also my guys. Yes, they can, they can go for their fitness in a fitness studio and everything, but we have this, um, Ziggy has this um, program, Stay Fit Worldwide, so he can coach my guys wherever they are, mm -hmm. training with them via, via mobile phone, um, checking, their, uh, checking their food, what they're eating during the day. So this, um, that's not only me. Some personal trainer, nutritional expert at their fingertips yes. for, yes. for your yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, for your employees. That sounds great. And yeah. I think that like really shows that you're not only just thinking about your own well-being in the company, but your employees no. as well, which yeah. I guess brings yes. the whole company up together. Yes, brings the whole company up because without my team, the success is not uh, is not there where we are now. So and also yes, we have this especially this work life balance. Also they can work where they are so I don't have this office Fridays they can stay where they are and work where they are and, and when they're not at the client on Friday for example 
Um, I'd love to come back to your the internal communication side yes. because in the beginning you mentioned that you don't really have the time to communicate yes. that much internally, mm-hmm. but now you also outline a couple of really great initiatives: the mm-hmm. personal trainer, nutritional expert, mm-hmm. the you know Friday working from home. Um, so I'm just trying to get my head around how you how you keep your people motivated because I can't quite imagine that you don't really communicate with them. There seems to be a lot of communication going on, but maybe not in a conventional way. Yes. So I have a very good manager. So as a, the communication, there are several layers. So I have a great management team. So the management team, they have their own streams. So they are right. responsible for communication in their teams. So I have the layer above. And um, there I can handle, because when you need to communicate to more than 10 people, um, or when you're leading more than 10 people, it's very, it's very hard so sure. on your own. So that means I have structured it so that we have several teams. And have so each team they are responsible for the communication in the team. So and they can they can decide what they need to give into the team and um, yeah what is on manager level. That, that makes a lot of sense. I just wonder whether people in the organization don't want to hear from the boss herself from time to mm-hmm. time because yes. you, you take the decisions at the end of the day. Yes. So how do they hear? I think we are doing also that um, with Carol together decide so what needs to come from myself, from my side so to communicate. So there we have this, um, I, I'm in all the weekly calls, communicate. So I communicate a lot of verbally there. Um, then um, we have the monthly calls where I communicate and then some special written communication. For example when it comes to promotion. So we have two times a year promotions then um, I will announce the guys for promotion or with special high potential program. They will train, the people were trained by myself. And so building the relationship with the clients, I guess that's yes. not a overnight process. That's a year, year after year process. What would your advice be for aspiring entrepreneurs yes. um, that are looking to build those kind of relationships with kind of this foresight? Yeah. It takes years. It takes years, yes, and you need to be very close to the clients. You need to know also something personal from the clients. So, for example, um, do they have kids? Uh, what do they eat? Uh, so, what do they like? What are their hobbies? So, etc. And but the basis is so a relationship is not built, uh, yeah, in one year, for example, or with one or two for do dinner. So you it need it takes time, and for me it takes time at least when I started with PwCT. So I have ten years of relationships, and it's very hard, yes, of course, to get new clients, but you need to be a salesperson also, because otherwise you maybe have great products and cannot sell them, so nobody knows about your products. One area we, which is related, what we talk about a lot here, is, is personal branding and reputation yeah. compared to versus your company. Yeah. So how do you go about the separation? So how much of the company is you, or to what extent is your personal brand different from Pascon? Yes, so my personal brand is different to Pascon, so that this is the way I want to coach um, new employees, um, I want to coach new entrepreneurs, uh, helping founders on their way on the top, um, also scaling up their business. I want to help especially also women um, entrepreneurs um, to follow their plans and, and give them tips and everything so that they can be very strong companies and also give tips when they don't want to have investors in the back, so for example. So this is different what I do with Pascon. With Pascon, it's my it's my, my career with, with CEO with content. I want to grow also in the next years on an international basis. So this is, this is, this is a different model. Mm-hmm. And how, how far do you want to go? Um, you're in eight countries now, 150 people in three years only. 
yeah, so I think in three years, so we have also very strong operational business. So I think in, in the last three years, we have 500 and have definitely hubs in some more hubs in Asia, maybe in Hong Kong. Then um, let's see what the US is bringing content, Europe, what we are going there. So, but um, focus is on growth and uh, clients are. So that's 350 people you need to hire basically the next yes. three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if anyone's looking for yeah. a job. <laughs> yes. So that's quite, that's wonderful. Also a challenge, obviously, in the hiring different mm-hmm. countries and building that organization. So how, how do you go out the employer branding side then? And how do you convince the applicants in, yeah. the, in the process that yeah. they should join Pascon? Yes, so they, um, it's not the process that we are going out to the market, so the employers come to us. So this is, um, okay. this is the first good thing <laughs> since the beginning. I need to run out and knock on the door, say, would you like to work for Pascal? And now the applicants come to us, so especially also abroad. So in US and Pong, and people also, they make, um, yeah, they make advertisements so for us, for, for Pascon. And so it's not the matter that I need to go out so much to the market. And for, for me, it's very easy to recruit in US and Poland or Singapore because when you made an advert in LinkedIn so you get a lot of applications thousands so, of people see thousands it. of people see it and want to work in a cool comes to us they want to work in this kind of environment so they want to their jobs in for example big companies and where they have to sit on the table blah blah they want to be more flair cool. so, yeah I think a final question from my side, I guess one topic you're super into and speak a lot about on your Instagram and at events mm-hmm. and probably within the company is female entrepreneurship. And I think there's some kind of statistics here in Germany that only 16% of entrepreneurs are yeah. female at the moment. What do you think is like kind of the next steps that we need to have more equality in terms of, you know, more female starting businesses? Um, they need to trust more in themselves. So this is the key. So when you say, yes, I trust, so trust in yourself and believe that you can do it and then do it. And as a society, is there anything we can do to kind of help that become more of a thing? I, I think so from, so from from my perspective, I will go out more and say to the people, to the new founders or potential founders, they should go out more, should um, take the risk. So and also a female or, or woman and taking risks is not so easy but yes um, go out take the risk um, found your company and then yeah grow with the company wonderful maybe one last piece of communications advice what would mm-hmm. you say your top communications advice to people out there listening budding entrepreneurs or otherwise um, focus on social media more than the local newspapers <laughs> or whatever so really focus on that use the channels and also as a um, startup use different type of channels we have LinkedIn we have Instagram Twitter so that you have a broad range of potential clients or applications sound yeah. advice and internally internally yeah when it becomes that you go a lot um, then put in uh, this topic to a very specialist in this area. Great. Also sound advice. Yeah. So where can people find you online? And where can people find the book? Um, They can find me online at um, Instagram. They can find my book only also on Instagram, LinkedIn and Amazon. Awesome. Thanks so much for chatting with us today. Thank you so much, Corinna. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Speak Like a CEO. Your hosts were Oliver Aus and Lena Carlson, editing by Bianca Amorim. Remember to follow us everywhere at like a CEO underscore and remember to subscribe to this podcast. See you next week. Bye.